Hey everybody, Cam Mayville and Paul Lucas here for Kim Max and Rug Wash Pros. Yes, the home of Rug Rescue. And we've got a good one for you. This was a call that came in um, a while back. And it was, you know, it was interesting because the reason it happened, and that's what makes this one a little bit kind of cool, you know, because when these things occur, um, it makes you think about, oh, what could I have done better? Okay, maybe I shouldn't do that. And we're going to get into this a little bit. And what it's about is a rug that possible has some moth infestation. And we didn't really see any signs of live stuff, but he wanted to be very cautious. And so what he did was, now this is a big rug. It was like a, uh, I think a nine by 12 Indo Tabriz um, with tea with dye on it. So he took resist pretreatment, Paul, and he treated the front of the rug and he treated the back of the rug. So far, so good, right? Well, yes. this is where the mistakes start coming in. <laughs> he rolled the rug up. Now, if he was going to stay there for 10, 15 minutes and just roll the rug up and let it sit for a while and then unroll it and take care of it, that eh, would have been okay, right? Well, but he didn't do that. He decided to uh, spray the rug front back really well. He rolled it up. He left the rug sitting there overnight. So we have three mistakes here right out of the gate. One, unfortunately, pre-inspection pictures, we had none. Number two, rolling the rug up without some plastic over the rug to make sure it wasn't touching itself. And then number three, leaving the rug overnight. So we, <laughs> so we had a few things to deal with that we already know were mistakes. And he knows. I kind of feel bad for the guy because he's like, Cam, I really, I, I, I did this bad. I shouldn't have done this or that. You know? So the bad part, Paul, is, is when he unrolls the rug. Now he's got blotchy areas. He's got some pulling of tea dye. And my first question to him was, send me the pictures so we can compare and see where we're really at. Because he's freaking out. And I'm going, you know what? Sometimes these tea dye rugs, they look blotchy, don't they? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm thinking, let's compare and then formulate the plan, you know. And he got quiet. And he's like, um, I forgot to take, I didn't take the picture scam. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, so, and I'm like, okay, are you sure that this happened while it was rolled up? And after yeah, he'll, he'll be taking pictures from now on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he definitely will be. And, you know, so we, I'm looking at the pictures carefully. He sent me a lot of them. And you could kind of tell that it was probably some damage from him spraying to resist pretreatment nice and heavy and it's sitting for so long. Um, now, my first question to you, Paul, is I, I want to throw a question, you know, and then I'll get into what we did to resolve this. And, and luckily, it worked out. It worked out great. But when, when you see it pull up like that, does that kind of take your mind away from potassium permanganate and lean more towards some other type of tea dye? Because it, it doesn't seem like per, uh, the potassium permanganate, I've never seen it really pull up quite that bad. Do you think it's maybe something else that the, the you know, whoever made the rug could have done? Well, you, you don't know because, you know, tea dye isn't a, a you know, when officially only one thing. Uh, it's kind of a generalization. So it could be henna, which is not really color fast, and that can move around, uh, okay. which is more like, you know, a plant material kind of. Some people actually use tea which is a mistake because it's washes right off. Mm -hmm. Some people use coffee, which is a mistake because it washes right off. Um, 
but potassium permanganate is really a very strong oxidizer, which is kind of weird. Uh, but when it dries, it's kind of a dark purplish color. And so when you spray a rug with um, tea dye that's made from potassium permanganate, what it does is it darkens the rug because those um, residues are just in the rug and they're, they darken the color of the rug, but they're not really dye. They're not pigment. They're just basically particles that are small enough that they're inside the yarn, but they're not really inside the fiber. Right. And so they can move around. You know, you get them wet, they dissolve. Uh, the liquid doesn't dry equally. It moves. And then you get lesser in some areas and more in others because you're, you're basically dealing with a water-soluble material. Uh, but, you know, it, it does uh, not wash out as easily as tea or coffee uh, or henna. Uh, so it is more permanent. Now, when we, we make tea dye and sell it, but ours is actually dye. So when you treat it, when you treat something with it, it doesn't wash out. I mean, if you want to get it out, you have to strip it because it's just like it's dye. So uh, it's going to be as permanent as color in the rest of the rug. So, um, of course, when we put it on, we, we don't do as good a job uh, as when you're dye and yarns because you know usually they're boiling it uh with the dyes with mordants for a long period of time and with tea dye you're just spraying it on at room temperature so it should come out easily compared to other dyes but much more permanent than these other materials absolutely and you know i'm glad you pointed that out because i think that'll be helpful for some people to think about now i want to get into what we did paul to resolve the problem well, let me let me interrupt and yeah, say go ahead, go ahead. that the uh, resist pretreatment dwell time is ten minutes. Okay, so leaving it overnight is just not necessary. Uh, it's 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 going to work in ten minutes. Now I can see if you have a real bad case where you might want to go twenty minutes just just to be sure. And um, but overnight really doesn't gain you anything. So um, that is not, that extra time doesn't really accomplish anything. It's just, it's mainly contact. So the, the you're, you're better off investing time in grooming or working it in than you are in longer time. You know, so uh, it's just an unnecessary risk to leave it for that long, that long of a period. Yeah, and I think, uh, matter of fact, we discussed that. And one of the things I had brought up was normally I tell people one hour. Now, the reason I do that is, Paul, is because a lot of these really thick rugs that we run into, I always worry about people not spraying heavy enough. Mm -hmm. And so I always feel like if they just let it sit for about an hour, that, that it'll continue to wick through or push through and get good concentration. But I, what you just said is so important is working it in. You've got to work it in good. But a lot of these rugs are so thick. I mean, we've taken water hoses and wet out rugs and it doesn't even make it through. But that's why we got to remember, spray yeah. the front and back and spray well. Yeah, and then me mechanical agitation. And then just one little other detail. 
is when you have casings, uh, cocoons, you got to realize that that caterpillar, um, that worm, uh, made a cocoon to protect itself from the outside environment. You know, so it doesn't get eat, eaten while it's going through uh, metamorphosis. You know, so it's go, it's dormant. So it tries to build a house uh, or casement to protect itself. So you have to get that wet all the way through. And that's probably the biggest challenge is you, you have kind of a water-resistant home because you have Saracen from, from the from the silk, and you're trying to penetrate that home with the liquid. And that's where getting it wet enough and working it in, uh, especially around those, because if you don't, they're going to survive uh, in that uh, in that capsule that they made. So now not all moths make uh, um, casements. So so it's uh, it's go very from rug to rug. But that's when it does fail. That's usually what the reason is: is that you didn't get through that little um, cocoon. Right. Gotcha. Makes a lot of sense. And, you know, Cocoon's my favorite movie, too. I, I know it. I was just about to say, you know, that you, <laughs> you started that and you were so good at it. I mean, you played that part so perfectly. Uh, <laughs> um, OK, so let's get into what we did and why. The rug, again, it was a nine by 12, very thick rug, very heavy. And this person told me, said, Cam, I, I don't want to wash this rug. again. I just could not handle it. And I said, no, I get it. Um, you know, he doesn't have a full facility, doesn't have a lot of the extra things that some of us have. And I said, you know, I, I wouldn't want you to have to wash the whole thing anyways. And I said, I think you did a good job washing. Now we just got to fix some of the some of the tea dye that's moved. So my first thought was, is I wanted to start with problem reducing rug shampoo. And I wanted to test and see how it would do if we were just to kind of wipe an area with it and, and see if it moved. And it, it, we were getting a little bit of movement, but not much. So we went ahead and pre-sprayed the rug. Instead of washing it, we pre-sprayed it with problem-reducing rug shampoo. And I had him truck mount it, um, which he did. And when he was done, we groomed it well, took a look, was not happy with it. It just, it was better but it wasn't enough. So my next plan of action was, and I had wrote this out for him or, or we discussed it on the phone. I think we discussed it on the phone and he wrote notes. Um, we went to two ounces of dye stripper per gallon of warm water, lukewarm water. And we pre-sprayed the rug again, groomed it in, and then I had him truck mount it. That came out better. Now we were at a, where he felt it was acceptable where he was going to be okay. So then what we did is we went back and we put a coat of peroxide on it and groomed that in really well. Cause he did, I don't think he had ancient secret formula. So we went to what we could get quickly. So we put peroxide on the whole rug, sprayed that on there really well, groomed that in and left it. And the reason we did that Paul was, is just because I was concerned with us spraying, you know, you never know if the tip's dripping or something and you get drips of the dye stripper and it's not even or something, or when you're wanding it, you don't flush it out quite enough. And then you get these areas where it takes a little too much out. So I was kind of concerned about that. So I wanted to make sure that we didn't rely on just rinsing it, that we were also putting a stop to that reduction with that hydrogen peroxide 3%. Um, 
Rook came out great. He brought it back to the customer. She's thrilled. So I'm, I'm really happy about that. But here's what I want to ask you about this situation. Was doing it that way and neutralizing it with the peroxide, was that okay to do? Were those steps sufficient? Yes. Yes. You want to you want to neutralize. One of the main reasons is the reducing agent smells bad. So it has that rotten egg um, sulfur dioxide odor, and that's objectionable to most people. Uh, theoretically, if you rinse it enough, you will remove the reducing agent and you'll remove that, that smell. But with surface cleaning, with, with extraction, you're not going to get that great of a rinse. You're going to get good rinse, but not great. And you know, even rinsing it with 50 or 100 gallons of water on a 9 by 12, you still sometimes have that residual order. Yeah. So by using an oxidizer, hydrogen peroxide in this case, then you're going to um, take it the other direction from being too reduced, um, which basically means you've added a lot of electrons. And what you're going to do is take some of those away. You're going to steal them back with the hydrogen peroxide. So you go neutralize that uh, and get it back in balance. And at the same time, by doing that, you're getting rid of the odor. So that, that's uh, wise, uh, but hydrogen peroxide has a tendency to remove color. But in this case, that's what you're after anyways. So that's why we, we usually recommend using um, ancient secret formula because that's an oxidizer, actually a stronger oxidizer, but less color removal because it's it's much slower in activity and it doesn't tend to remove color as much as hydrogen peroxide. But you know, it's it's uh, got a oxidation number of three, whereas hydrogen peroxide is only an oxidation number of one. So it, in effect, it's a stronger oxidizer, but less color removal. So it's, it, that's really a better choice. But when you don't have it, 3% uh, hydrogen peroxide is readily available. Absolutely. That's awesome, Paul. Thank you. So I want to recap just a couple of things for everybody who's listening to this podcast. By the way, don't forget to hit the, the like button and please subscribe. We appreciate that. Paul from Chemax and Rugwash Pros, you know, the more you guys are visiting our sites and checking things out, there's great content on both of them. You can also see the podcast on the Rugwash Pros, and soon will be also that link will be on the Chemax site too. Um, you can go to YouTube, you can go to uh, uh, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast from, we're there. So please check it out. But I do want to talk recap real quick of some of the mistakes made because this could have been a lot easier to deal with. So number one, Paul mentioned about the resist pretreatment. You need ten minutes if you make contact. Ten minutes. Yeah, I go a little, a little bit longer. So if you're going to go a little longer, all you need to do is put a tarp down, or preferably a piece of plastic down, and then roll the rug up. Now it's not touching itself. Keep it under an hour, folks, okay? 10 minutes kill time. If you want to go longer, an hour is more than enough. You can even put it in lay flat ducting. You can slide it into a bag and let it sit in there for a little bit. Being a moth rug, you might want to do that anyways, just if you're concerned of any cross-contamination. The other mistake was there was no pre-inspection pictures whatsoever makes it very difficult for Paul, myself, or anyone else to really help and know if we've accomplished fixing whatever the issue is. Like, for example, if the fringe is looking blotchy on an endo rug, 
Well, that's probably the potassium permanganate wearing out, the T-dye or whatever it may be washing away. That's common. We see that a lot. So when someone freaks out over the fringes not looking right, we, we can look at a pre-inspection picture and go, hey, it was already like that. Call the client, see if they want to even it out, make some money. You know, so now you went from thinking you're going to lose money to making a little bit of money. So, you know, that was another thing is making sure you have those pre-inspection pictures. Um, and, and the other thing is, you know, testing. He could have tested those uh, those areas really good. He could have wiped down the rug before he applied to pre-resist and see if any color was moving. You know, I bet you from the way this went, if he would have done a crocking test anywhere on that rug, he would have been getting some, some color. May have not been a lot, but it may have been enough to make him go, ah, I better be careful here and not set this overnight. So I want you guys to think about those things because you know, they lead to issues that just sometimes make it so difficult. And in the end, it may have not even been him. It might have even been there. But we don't know, Paul. We have no idea if it was even there. But the good news is it got fixed and it looks a lot better. Very good. The one thing I would add to that is, you know, when, when you're thinking I need to give this more dwell time because it, it's this or that, that really you should rethink that and say, well, I better groom it in better. I better work it in better. Maybe I need to use a rotary. Maybe I need to use uh, a brush. Uh, maybe I need uh, a little more uh, working time with it. Uh, and that's really the that's really what the issue is. Because if we get physical contact with the insect or the microorganism, you know the kill time is really seconds. So that the extra time is for delivery if we don't get it physically to touch it's not magic it doesn't work misses don't hurt uh, the the organism you got to get a direct hit for it to work so uh you moving it around uh, putting enough on those are really more of the issue than time and when when we first were experimenting with this formula i was spraying all the bugs I could find at work and at home or any outdoors, anywhere. <laughs> and literally the, the, the kill time for, for uh, almost everything was just literally seconds. So um, it's really a delivery issue. All right, guys, we're at the end of it again. I think this is going to be very uh, great information for people. I hope you watch this again, the like button, the subscribe button. Um, this is Rug Wash Pros, the home of Rug Rescue. And this was a rug rescue that we pulled off. We kicked its butt. And this guy's client was absolutely thrilled with the rug because she was really worried when she gave it to him that it wouldn't be taken care of right. He did what needed to be done. In the end, he got it right. And he learned a lot from it. So, guys. Please check out our next ones coming up. We'll be posting every week. You should see a new one coming up. Check out our classes and everything going on. You can go to Rugwash Pros, the education page, and look at what we have. We've got classes popping up all the time. And if you have any questions about anything, give us a call. Call Paul. Call me. We're always here to help you guys. So we really appreciate you watching us. Again, subscribe, like it, and until next time, keep it clean. Thanks for listening.